Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Schoen, and I am joined today by Spartan Elite Nicole McManus. We first dive into Nicole's story, her background, and why and how she got into not only running but obstacle course racing. And because she loves the ultra distance, we also had a good conversation about ultra racing and for someone who's new to racing, what to expect when you're going into it and what training looks like. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Nicole, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I am awesome. I can't believe it's almost the end of January already, but here we are. I know. <laughs> <laughs> One month into uh, the next year. <laughs> Pretty much. It's usually how it goes. Right. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, you have quite a story, quite a journey, but um, it's not very often I get a lot of ultra runners on here. And so I think getting you on here, just kind of talk about some of that stuff for people who want to enter the ultra world and just are a little hesitant would be helpful, but also, um, just have you share your story a little bit about who you are and your training and whatever else we dive into today. So first and foremost, who are you? Well, my name's Nicole McManus. Um, so I am a ultra runner, Spartan ultras, um, and trail ultras is what I specify in, um, I would say, and also what I enjoy the most and everything, I would say that's what I train and, um, what my focus is right now. Very cool. And you are, I don't want to say like most ultra runners start running early on in life, but a lot of them do. You are not that way though. You actually picked it up fairly more, fairly recently, actually. Yeah. Um, so I'm 37 now, um, and kind of my journey started actually early thirties. Um, and so, um, I mean, I played sports when I was younger and stuff. I always, you know, um, I was kind of ADD of whatever sport was in front of me (laughs) I played and stuff, but I was never like a track or a cross country. I never, um, really, it never really interested me. Um, I went, um, I did play college soccer. Um, but then after that kind of my, I would say me being an athlete stopped for a good 10 years. I mean, pretty much came to a grinding halt. I wasn't doing anything athletic at all. Um, and then, um, there was, some. Um, some things that happen in my life that, um, and I'll talk kind of briefly about, um, I don't want to bore anybody with any <laughs> like long gone out story or anything. I don't think it's a boring um, story, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the kind of brought me to, um, where I am, I guess now and stuff. Um, so it kind of started early thirties. Um, I had two young girls. Um, my daughters were like a year and a half and three months old. Um, when, um, so I mean, kind of backtrack a little bit. I grew up with two parents that struggled back and forth with alcoholism and stuff like that. And, um, my dad kind of let that went out a little bit more than my mom until her later years. Um, she struggled with it and, 
Um, when both my daughters were super young, we hadn't heard from her in a couple of days. So my sister and I, um, wanted to go check on her. Um, unfortunately found her after an accident, um, that took her life. Um, so she had been passed away for a few days by the time that I found her in her apartment. Um, and it kind of, that kind of started my journey of, um, I mean, it was, it was really hard to deal with a lot of the stuff um, that kind of came with that, the grief and everything. Um, and then just like a lot of people who grow up in um, homes of some sort of abuse, they tendency to um, duplicate that in their life later on. Well, I was married to an alcoholic um, and realized also at that point that this was going to be a toxic place for my kids. Um, and, um, it was, it was no longer safe for them. So this kind of all happened right after, uh, my mom passed away and the realization of a lot of that. So, um, um, in kind of trying to get out of that, um, and to make sure that I didn't fall into the same pattern, because it's very easy, um, I feel like, to go to what you know, which is, like, in my family, is drinking. Um, and that's how you deal with grief. That's how you deal with your emotions. Like, you don't, you don't talk about them. You don't, you know, um, do much else other than, like, you drink, and that's how you deal. Um, and I saw, you know, the faces of my two young girls and knew that that wasn't the person that I wanted to be. I just realized I didn't want to continue the pattern um, that, you know, I didn't want them, my girls to grow up in a house um, that was, you know, about that, um, about, you know, a, you know, an addiction or drinking or anything like that. Um, and so, but at the same time, I needed a way to um, deal with everything that was going on. Um, you know, there there was so much mentally that um, I was trying to process and um, just, just everything. Um, and so that's when I started running, um, honestly. And, um, you know, it was slow in the beginning, um, you know, um, after I had my second, um, little girl, you know, I would do, I started off with, I would run a minute. I walk, would walk a minute, run a minute, walk a minute. And then the next week I was like, okay, I can run two minutes and then walk a minute, you know, and until like, I got to the point where, you know, I was running and, um, uh, most of the time I was running with a double stroller, which is not easy. <laughs> You know, so I was like, feel like I had some extra weight going on there. Going on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, and then one of my friends actually recommended a Spartan race. Um, and I was, I mean, I grew up in the mountains, so I love playing in mud. I love, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I was like, cause I did my first half marathon and I was like, that was fun, but like, you know, it's running through the city, which is cool, but I don't know if that's my thing. And then, so she, um, recommended doing, um, uh, the Spartan race. Um, and I was super excited about it. And I love the kind of the idea behind it, you know, that the, um, creator of Spartan, of 
you never know what obstacles are going to lie ahead of you, but it's up to you to figure out a way past them and over them. Um, and I really like that idea of just life in general, obviously speaking in terms of life um, and stuff that we're all going to, you know, face things in life and like, we're never going to have a perfect recipe of how to deal with it, but you prepare yourself enough and you will be get through it. And so like the idea of training to not do specific obstacles that you train enough and you'll get through, you know, these and stuff. So I started in on that uh, and did that for a couple years before I did actually my first ultra. Um, and I mean, I was decent at the Spartan racing um, um, in general, but then when I started ultra um, racing, I really found my love and a little bit more of my niche. Um, I'm not necessarily a sprinter. <laughs> I both don't enjoy it, and I can't say that like I'm the fastest um, in that way. Um, but what I found with ultra racing is um, it's a lot about not giving up. And um, I'm a pretty hard-headed person sometimes. And so the thought of like, you just, you never give up. And like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it till the end. And it doesn't matter if it takes me five hours, eight hours, 12 hours. My first ultra, Spartan ultra took me 12 hours because it was the longest Spartan ultra course they had ever put together, of course. It's my first one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, and actually um, I had done, this was, I think, 2017, because uh, I had done the Beast the day before at the World Championships in Tahoe, and then I did, um, and it was going to be my first, at that point was called an Ultra Beast. Um, and then so, um, and the day before I cried multiple times in the beast. <laughs> like that course was brutal. Um, and so I showed up to do the ultra beast the next day, which is, you know, the course twice over plus an ultra loop. Um, and I mean, I almost didn't start it because I just kept thinking of how horrible it was the day before. Um, but once I got out there, um, I told myself, you know, I was going to complete it and I did. And I ended up getting my first Spartan podium. So I got third at, um, the world championships weekend. So awesome. Congrats. <laughs> and then I was able to this last, well, obviously not 2020, but the last, um, world championship in Tahoe, I was able to win that race, um, in Tahoe. So that was kind of like my pinnacle race is always Tahoe. Very cool. And not an easy course by any means. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I like climbing mountains though. So <laughs> it kind of suits me, the pain and horribleness <laughs> of it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Like, and I'm curious on maybe your thoughts on it is like I've been running since high school. I just went that direction because I'm short and it made more sense than playing volleyball. Right. Um, <laughs> but so many people get into running after some sort of life, emotional, mental trauma that they need mm -hmm. to kind of work through or find the escape from. What is it do you think about running that kind of gives that escape that other activities don't? 
you know, because you can't, you can't escape your mind in running. So I think that there's a really interesting dynamic of um, when you're running, you almost have to deal with it. Um, so there's so many things that you can avoid your feelings. Um, you can um, entertain yourself in a different way to distract your mind. With running, I mean, it's you and your mind and you can't stop it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I kind of laugh about sometimes like my long runs, like the emotions I feel about something will completely change through the course of the run. You know, like I'll be thinking about something in a certain way where maybe I'm angry about something, I'm frustrated, um, but through the course of the run, and I'm not necessarily trying to work through it, but through the course of it, then I'm like, well, maybe, you know, if I think about it from this perspective and, um, and it kind of calms and it, it makes you work through those initial um, feelings sometimes. Um, I know there's a lot of, there's, I know a lot of people through specifically the Spartans that are um, kind of previous addicts. Um, who have struggled with a lot of stuff that they need, they need that outlet and, um, and just people in general who, like you said, have gone through something pretty traumatic that um, it really, it forces your brain to kind of deal with it and in a good way, I think. I agree with that. There's so much, whether it's a life situation or even just like, I'm thinking about how to approach maybe someone I'm trying to negotiate with for a business thing or like figure out like a tough client. Like there's a lot of just stuff that you can work out in your brain when you're running. Yeah. Well, and I think that life right now, I mean, maybe not 2020 as much as busyness, but um, I think we, we create a lot of chaos in our lives. Like we make ourselves so busy. I mean, we are nonstop um, for the most part, most people, you know, you get up and you're go, 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 you know, all day long. And then, you know, maybe in your time off, then you're just like turning on the TV, but you're not really processing through a lot of stuff. Like then you're kind of wanting to shut down, which I get, and I have those times too. But I think that, um, a lot of times we don't want to take the time to fully process through a lot of stuff. Um, and, running forces you to do that. Um, and regardless if you're listening to music, great, you know, and everything. I don't typically listen to much music, um, uh, especially on my trail runs. I don't ever listen to music because um, I like the idea of like it's you and your mind and everything. From running on road, it's boring. So sometimes I'll <laughs> have like a playlist of some sort to keep myself entertained. But like on the trail, I'm like, I'm looking at trees and it's, you know, all of this, um, you know, nature and whatnot. But yeah, I think that it kind of forces our brain to stop when it's really hard to in a normal setting of life. Yeah, so, so true. We can mm-hmm. easily distract us with all the noises in the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's so, yeah. And I think that that's, um, and there's so many people that are really afraid of getting into ultra running uh, or just running distance. And it doesn't have to be ultra running. It can just be long for them. You know, five miles might be a long um, run for them. But 
and they may be, you know, afraid to uh, take those next steps and whatnot. Um, but I think that um, the more you do it, the more you realize, um, not just physically, because obviously it's good for your body, but mentally what it can really do for you um, and the calmness that it can bring. Like, I know that sometimes either if I'm taking um, some rest time or if I'm kind of like, have a little bit of an injury that I'm not running as much, I feel my anxiety going a little crazy and I can, I feel that, you know, and I'm kind of pent up and I don't know what to do with myself and stuff until I have like that, like the runs and stuff like that to kind of like bring me back down to kind of reality. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Okay. Kind of talking transitioning a little bit, um, but kind of following the direction you were going with that, as far as like people who are maybe nervous about increasing their distance or going into the ultra distance, um, not really sure how to train for it. Not really sure what to do. Like mm-hmm. what, I guess, how did you learn like how to do that? Right. Or can you give any like suggestions on what to do for that? Sure. Um, I mean, it was a lot of trail and error um, because a lot of it I did on my own. Um, it wasn't till um, about two years ago that I got um, a running coach for um, for a while. Um, and um, so, like I kind of said before, you know, like I just increment, you know, like increased the amount, and then like you know, I would switch off on runs, like either. I'm going to try to run a mile or two longer than I have before, or I'm going to try to run it faster than I did before. You know, um, you don't want to try to do both in the same way. But I also, uh, I had knee surgery when I was in my 20s. And so when, um, when I started trying to run, I realized that um, running on cement, I can't run more than like three, four miles before my knees literally want to give out on me. Um, so I really struggled with how do I get past that? And then I started running on trails and I realized that my body can still can keep going on trail. Um, I still, to this day, don't love running any road. Um, it's hard on my body. I don't like it. And everybody's different. There's people who love running road and I think that's great, but um, I think you just have to take it little steps at a time um, and also not be too hard on yourself if you're not progressing exactly in the plan that you have, like your body will adapt um, and you just kind of have to stick with it. Um, so, you know, I vary, um, I vary my workouts in the way of, um, you know, I'll have one long run typically a week. And on either side of that, so mine's typically on Wednesday. On Tuesday and Thursday, they're easy runs. So they're anywhere from five to eight mile runs that are just low heart rate, just, you know, bruising speeds, um, just kind of, you know, um, kind of building that, um, that base per se. Um, and then typically I want to do at least like one speed workout a week. And I do try to do at least one major climbing workout 
whether it be hill repeats or just a lot of elevation gain within a run or something like that. Um, which typically my long runs have a decent amount of elevation gain too. But um, so, you know, I, I want to typically do five days a week, um, but two of those are pretty easy runs and they should be, it should be more recovery and everything. Um, one thing that was a mistake when I first started was thinking every run had to be a PR. Um, you know, if I didn't PR, then I wasn't doing well, you know, and stuff that I really needed to, it was actually the running coach, um, and he's an amazing ultra runner, Nate Moore, who, when he um, kind of gave me the plan and stuff, he's like, you know, here's these runs, and you need to be under this heart rate, and I was like, I was doing like a 10-minute mile, and I'm like, I don't want to run a 10-minute mile, <laughs> um, but it made me realize that then on the other other runs, then I could really do well and progress much better when I did that. Yeah. So he kind of knows what he's doing. So. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Let's take a quick break to talk about zero shoes. You know I love being barefoot. I am barefoot as much as possible. But when you're out in public, sometimes that's frowned upon. And when you're walking around on concrete and asphalt in the Phoenix summers, it's highly unsafe. That's when zero shoes comes in handy. These shoes allow my feet to be as barefoot as possible to allow my feet to still work like they were made to work. And the great thing about these shoes is they last. They have a 5,000 mile sole warranty, meaning you rarely have to replace these shoes. And they have a wide range of options. So whether you're looking for sandals, something for casual wear, or something for your sports or work, they have you covered. You can go check them out at zero shoes. That's spelled X E R O shoes.com slash go slash get your fix PT. And you can find all of my partnerships at get your fix slash partners. And now back to our conversation. My brother, we grew up running cross country together. He's now an ultra runner and, uh, he, we were both at my dad's Christmas like a year and a half ago or over like 2019. And he's like, Hey, bring your running shoes. We can do a run together. And it's like, I know your paces. You are a ton faster than me now. Like even on your ultra training runs. And mm. I was like, are you sure? He goes, no, I take my rest day seriously. He's like, my rest days are like, are my recovery days are like nine, 10 minute miles. Yeah. His normal pick training pace is like, between like 6 30 7 30 um wow yeah, yeah he's, he's fast. impressive <laughs> he's fast when i see his workouts um so yeah it's definitely it, it can be hard to get in that mindset of you need those slower recovery days but especially when you're doing that high of distance like you need them yeah yeah and your body needs it and you know um i of course like you know the um, pro Spartans, I follow them and stuff. And, um, a lot of their training is a lot of that, like building your base. Like you have to build that base. Like if you're truly wanting to be either a marathoner or ultra runner or whatever it is that you're kind of wanting to do, even if it's just the, um, regular distance Spartans, I mean, a beast is, um, still, you know, half 
um, half a marathon typically distance, and you're going to typically be putting in two to 4,000 feet of elevation gain. So you need your heart to be able to do that. Um, and um, it also with the offset course racing, you know, you're going to be doing an obstacle that will skyrocket your heart rate. And then you need to finish that and be able to keep running and get that heart rate back down, you know, so um, being able to train your body to have this kind of up and down in a race where you're not having to stop after an obstacle, you're gasping for air to try to get your heart rate back down to continue to run, you know, like you need to teach your body to kind of like, kind of heal <laughs> you know get past it almost on its own <laughs> how do you you personally how do you train that is it more just doing interval training or do you do a lot of um like run workouts mis- mixed with other movements um kind of a little bit of both um so i do try to in like my speed workouts you know um one for instance that I like to do is I'll do three minutes at um, it's eight miles an hour. Um, so I think that's like a 740 or 730 pace, something like that. And then I'll do two minutes at my, 10 miles an hour. So I think that's like a six minute pace. Um, and so I'll do those intervals where it's like, obviously the 10 miles an hour, you know, is that's a sprint, you know, especially for me, I have short legs. Um, <laughs> my little legs are trying to go really fast. <laughs> um, so, but then I'm not stopping after that interval. I'm just going back down to the eight miles an hour, you know, and so I'm having to recover from that sprint still on a run and still at a decent pace too. Like it's not, I'm not going down to a really low um, recovery pace. I'm going back to basically race pace. Um, what I, you know, what I'm going to try to be, you know, at about race pace at. And so that two minute, you know, interval is like going to skyrocket and then I'm going to come back down, but then kind of recover in those three minutes and then do two minutes, three minutes, you know, um, and I'll do six to eight sets of that. Um, I also do workouts where I'm intermixing burpees, you know, the world's, you know, most loved thing. In the world. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I've done it before where I'll do like half a mile, 20 burpees, half a mile, 20 burpees, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I'll even do that sometimes out on the trail too, you know, where I'll take a burpee, stop, you know, do that and then continue running mm-hmm. sort of stuff to kind of get my body used to it. Um, I don't do a lot of strength training intermixed with my running because I like to keep those separate. Um, but I do like to do the heart rate. I know a question I get asked a lot and I see a lot in different forums, different Facebook groups, that sort of thing is nutrition when it comes to ultras. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously nutrition is different for every person because everyone's bodies respond a little bit different, but as a very general, or is there any just kind of like general overall guidelines, tips that you can give for someone who's like going into their first, first ultra kind of nervous, not really sure what to do with nutrition? Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, everybody's different and, um, uh, 
my biggest thing that I always tell people um, is um, to practice your nutrition um, regardless. So just like you practice running, you need to practice what you're intaking and what your body, um, is it freezing? You're fine on my end. Oh, okay. All right. Um, what your body's intaking and everything like that, your body needs to get used to it. Um, a few things that I really love, um, and, uh, I'm not at all backed by these companies, so it's nothing. (laughs) Um, Carbo Pro is probably my favorite ultra, um, used product, I guess I would say. Um, so it's basically, it's, it's calories basically in a powder. So you put it in your water. So it's like one scoop is a hundred calories of carbs. Um, so, and it's virtually tasteless too, because I really hate, um, I hate anything sweet or sugars or anything at all um, when I'm running. So um, in like one of my flasks, I'll put two, um, two cups or two scoops of the Carbo Pro. So there's 200 calories and I carry two flasks. Um, and so that um, I really don't, I don't like eating on you know, cause I'm trying to run fast and my body doesn't really like it too. So that way I'm ensuring that I'm at least getting some calories in. Um, I do need to take obviously some, so, um, I'm not a goo person. There's a lot of people who swear by it and I think that's great. Um, it makes me nauseous. <laughs> and so it's once again, one of those things that I found out through practice, but you know, I was running and I, that's what everybody used. So I would try and it would make me gag and I couldn't, I can't handle it. So I eat shot blocks. Um, also Endurally just came out with, I've been on my last couple of runs using their Sustain Elite, um, which basically I have a small flask of that. And then, so I kind of sip on that um, a little bit and it has calories and, you know, electrolytes, all that good stuff. Um, you know, there's um, most ultras, you will be able to have a drop bag halfway through. Um, so you can do a lot of different things. Um, banana is really the only thing that I can stomach during the race. Um, some people will do like half of a peanut butter and jelly or something like that. Um, I'll normally have like a high protein um, granola bar on me because um, um, I like, I like to, um, I don't like to stop at aid stations or stop at all. Um, because my body doesn't like to keep going. If I stop, <laughs> honestly, it's not like something about like, just about racing. Like it's like, literally if I stop and like, Ooh, I want to have some jelly beans and stuff like that. My, like, then I start to try to go again. And the lactic acid buildup has been so bad that it's, it takes me a long time to get back. To it so um i kind of like to carry all of my stuff on me um instead of relying on anything um but everybody's different you know so um if you have a drop bag you know doing stuff that's really easy on your stomach obviously um i've seen somebody try to have a bagel and it was just way too much bread and you know to try to ingest when you're running that amount and stuff um, so those are kind of my go-to, um, I really like the liquid carbs basically, um, is kind of my main thing. And sometimes I'll have an extra flask in my drop bag 
and I'll switch that out. So then I'll have on the second loop, I'll have another 200 calories to fill. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for those suggestions. Yeah. Anything that thinking back to when you started doing ultras and questions you had and that you were asking yourself or looking for other people, like what are some of those questions and answers that maybe went through your head that probably someone else is thinking or wondering too? Sure. Um, I'd say the biggest thing is, um, I think we're always um, our own worst critic and um, we're always kind of telling ourselves that we can't do something. Um, And I think that, you know, I was in the same boat, you know, I thought like, oh my gosh, 32 miles, like, and, you know, like say for instance, Tahoe, you know, that's 10,000 feet of elevation gain, you know, 70 obstacles, like I could never, like I could never get through that and stuff. Um, and, um, I think it's kind of like, you'll never know until you try though. I mean, worst case scenario is that you don't, but at least you tried and then you can figure out, you know, like, well, um, I was good on the obstacles, but my running, it was really hard for me to keep climbing. Like my legs were cramping and stuff like that. So I need to add more elevation gain, you know, to my runs. Um, or, you know, my, I am not known for being super strong on upper body obstacles. Um, and so I have a coach um, that he's been working on that for, gosh, I think it's like three, four years. And I know that that's something that, you know, I'm always going to have to work on really hard. Um, But you just never know until you're actually physically out there. And um, I think, um, you know, in the way of not just ultras, but Spartans in general, like the first step is you have to sign up, do your first one even if it's just a sprint too, I mean, get out there and try it out. I mean, the first one I did, you know, like I had to get help on a lot of the obstacles. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I think I got maybe two monkey bars in before I fell, you know, and, you know, you sit there and I took my time and I got through it. But the pride that I felt when I completed that race and then I was like, like the Hercules hoist, um, for anybody who doesn't know, you know, it's basically a bag on a pulley system. Um, I felt like that weighed more than me. And so it's like, I got help from another girl and I was like, how is this even possible for anybody to do? I don't understand. Like we could barely do it, the two of us together. And so I went home and for months, that's all of what I worked on was my back muscles, shoulders and stuff to try to pull this bag down. Um, And now, you know, it's not an issue whatsoever because I knew that that's something that I wanted to, um, to kind of be able to do. Um, So, um, I mean, so that's why I think in just a way of racing in general, like not just ultras, but just in general, like you can do it. Um, and worst case scenario, you can't right now. That doesn't mean that you can't ever, you can't now. And then you figure out a way and your body will. Awesome.
Love that. Perfect place, I think, to find kind of close this out. Yeah. Okay. If anyone wants to just get in touch with you, if they want to kind of follow your story, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram mostly. Um, and so cole.spartan is my Instagram handle. Um, so that's pretty much the, the main place. I mean, I'm on Facebook. That's mostly family stuff, though. So you can be bored by all my like, <laughs> pictures and whatnot. <laughs> my Instagram's more of my racing stuff. <laughs> Not that my kids aren't cute and all, but <laughs> people probably don't care that much. <laughs> they are pretty darn cute. <laughs> well, Nicole, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate yeah, you. Guys absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Of course. And before I close out today, I want to take a moment to talk to you about the foot and ankle fix for runners. Foot and ankle pain is such a common injury with runners, and yet it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be bothering you constantly. It doesn't have to be shutting you down from being able to run. But many times it does because we don't do the right things for it. That is why I created the foot and ankle fix for runners. It's an online program that'll give you the right things to do in order to resolve your foot and ankle issues once and for all and let you really get back to training like you want to. So if you're interested in checking out the foot and ankle fix for runners, head over to getyourfixpt.com courses and you can see a link for the foot and ankle fix for runners as well as all of my other online programs. Thank you again so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional. <laughs>